What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the J Red Show on Anchor and Spotify. You know, I in this past week, both the Bills and the Sabers had similar games. They were both against Detroit in Detroit. They both gave me a massive heart attack, but at the end of the day, they gave us a win. And in both situations, I'm in the same boat. A win's a win, and I'm happy with a win, and there's a lot of things I like about them. But it also has some concerns. We'll start with the Bills. They defeat the Detroit Lions 28-25. to Josh Allen was 24 for 42, 253 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. This felt what well, this was a game that felt that felt like the Bills were going to lose. They were down 22 to 19 late in the fourth, early in the fourth quarter after a TJ Clark touchdown from Jared Goff and the defense was having trouble stopping Goff. The offense was struggling. It really felt like they were going to lose. But the Bills did. Late in the game, Josh Allen did complete a huge pass to um, Stephon Diggs. That put them in field goal position. And Tyler Bass kicked the game win in field goal. And they got the win. Well, before that, uh, Josh Allen completed a pass, a touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs to make it 25-22. Then Detroit kicked the game tie in field goal, 23 seconds left. Then Tyler Bass kicked the game win field goal. Bass actually missed the a field goal that would have given the Bills a 26 to a four-point lead. But you could argue that that missed field goal was a blessing in disguise because... Um, Detroit horribly matched the clock. Um, just awful clock management by Dan Campbell. It starts off conservative, and then they go for a goal route on when they had two timeouts. They burned way too much clock there, but they managed to get the game tie and field goal. But that gave Buffalo plenty of time to kick the game winning field goal. Dan Campbell reminds me of um, Sean McDermott. I think he's great when it comes to game preparation, but he makes decisions where I ask, what the hell are you doing? But the back to the Bills. And I'm in the same... Nothing's... My, my opinion of this team has changed. I'm still in the same boat as I was last week, for the last couple of weeks. The optimist in me says, okay... They are injured. Allen's clearly um, has an elbow injury. He's wasn't a hundred percent. Defense was just all banged up. They finally get Tre'Davious White back, and then they lose Von Miller. Fortunately, it does not look like it's going to be a season-ending injury. So my fingers are crossed that when the playoffs come, the Buffalo Bills will be healthy. And with that, they will be firing on all cylinders, and then, and that's what's going to lead them to the Super Bowl. <coughs> but I am really concerned about this play calling.
I am really concerned about Ken Dorsey. The Bills continue to struggle in the red zone. And despite the injury, something just doesn't seem right with them. I mean, we saw this last year. It was ni- Last year, there was a nice win versus Atlanta. But she just knew the play calling. And it just didn't seem right. And the wide receiving core has just been disappointing outside of Stephon Diggs. I mean, my fingers are crossed that they're going to get Odell Beckham. And Brandon Bean will put the finishing touches on this team and get them to the Super Bowl. But it does seem like the odds makers are starting to think that Kansas City's jumping ahead of Buffalo. I, I did watch the Rams game. I called into the WGR 550. I accidentally called them the Chargers. And, Z- and Zach Jones was talking about the Chargers when I meant to talk about the Rams. But um, they only scored two touchdowns on um in that game. So uh, there is a concern that Kansas City will start firing on all cylinders. But I don't see that yet. Although another reason to be pessimistic is the division and um, it doesn't look good for the number one seed. Heading into this season, I was hoping that I was we was I was expecting the AFC West to be tough. I thought Denver, Vegas, and and the Chargers were going to make things difficult for the Chiefs, and the Bills would cruise to the number one seed. But unfortunately, that's not the case. The AFC West is weak. The Raiders are really bad. The Broncos are really bad. And the Chargers are just meh. Meanwhile, in the AFC East, it could be argued that all four teams are good. I mean, Miami's 8-3. The Jets are 7-4. If Mike White um can... um continues his that play that he did against Chicago, the Jazz could be dangerous. They, I like Salah. I like the defense. And all of a sudden, like I said, the Bills are in trouble when it comes to number one seed because this week Kansas City um, faces Cincinnati. But after that, they have a soft schedule. Now, when it comes to the number one seed, I mean, I don't know. I, of, of course, I would like the number one seed. I would love to skip the wild card round and have home field advantage. But the Bills did show they can beat the Chiefs in, in Arrowhead. They beat them last year. They came within a coin toss of beating them in the playoffs. And then they beat them earlier this year. Like I said, the optimist in me is saying with a healthy Tredavious White with a healthy Von Miller, with a healthy Josh Allen, that will get the Bills past Kansas City. But this coaching staff is leaving me and a lot of Bills fans 
very concerned. <coughs> On to the Sabres, who did the same thing. Um, they, today they, they faced the Detroit Red Wings. They jumped to a 4-1 lead, and then they blew it. To, the Red Wings came back to tie it 4-4 before the Sabres won in a shootout. So I'm looking at the Sabres team, and there's a lot to like, and there's a lot not to like. I mean, yes, the, I, 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 just like the Bills, I'm happy with the win, but I got a lot of concerns. Of course, the expectations for the Bills are a lot higher than the Sabres. For the Bills, we want a Super Bowl, and for the Sabres, we want meaningful games in April. But what I like about the Sabres team is the offense. They're the fourth best offense in the NHL. Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, Dylan Cousins. They look great. I mean, when this when the Sabres are clicking, they can score a lot of goals and they're fun to watch. But as we saw today, there's a lot of question marks with the defense and with the goaltending. <coughs> They've looked a lot better um, ever since snapping that eight-game losing streak. But they're still very shaky. And Don Granado, again, I want to make it clear, I like Granado as a coach. I think he's, he's done a great job developing the Sabres. He had three solid months of good hockey. But why did you wait until it was 4-4? Before calling a timeout. You should have called a timeout before that. So I'm on Sabres message boards. And those arguing about how. About between the optimists and the pessimists. I'm trying to find that middle ground. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. There's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. There's a lot of things to like about the Sabres team. But I'm not sure they are where they need to be this year. Anyhow, tomorrow will be a, a Buffalo Sports doubleheader, plus the Amherst are in action. So, but that's another heart attack. Back to the, um, well, to the Amherst before I go back to the NFL. Um, for the seventh time this season, the Amherst played Friday and Saturday games. For the seventh time, they earned two points. Um, after a real gritty near last second overtime win over the more talented and bigger Bruins, the Amherst once again did their squander in the third period lead trick against Bridgeport. This time was a good two-goal lead they blew. However, to be honest, the game-time goal shouldn't have happened as the rest missed a blatant tripping call. They did win in overtime. Um, they have two overtime victories. That sent the team in Allentown to face the least talented team of those three opponents. And they didn't have it. They scored early and they um, allowed um, five goals against. So, um, Rochester improves to 10-6-1. They're one game behind first place Toronto. So they're having a pretty good season so far. But like I said, just, just get to the playoffs. It's a big crapshoot. I mean, 2019 had the third best record in the AHL. They fell on the first round. Last year they got lucky to make the playoffs. But then once they got there, they won playoff rounds. I mean, for the most part, I like what Adams has done to both the Sabres and the Amherst. I mean, yeah, there are times he could be better, but I think he's done all right.
On well, before I get to football, I'm gonna go to the World Cup. Team USA moves on to the round of 16 after defeat Iran won nothing. Just like the Bills and the Sabres, they gave me a heart attack. And it seemed like they ran out of gas late versus Iran. Like Iran got a lot of chances. You Team USA was very sloppy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, a win's a win. No one's expecting Team USA to win the World Cup this year. So, after they missed it in 2018, getting to the knockout round is a huge success. They faced the Netherlands. It was kind of a letdown in the second half. I really thought they'd do more, especially the game, how the game against Wales went. Um, Christian Pulsick's in the hospital, so hopefully he gets healthy because um, it's going to be tough against the Netherlands. I'm not expected to win, but I think Pulsick could make it close. So that's the teams I root for, and I'm going to go around the other, the rest of the sports world. The NFL standings, like I said, it in the AFC, in the NFL, there are only two teams that I think are great. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yes, they have their flaws, both teams, and I'll admit that, but I think on paper... When it comes to the overall talent, Buffalo and Kansas City are the top two. Miami's eight and three. Miami's good. I'm gonna say they're a good team. I can't call them great yet, even though they're tied with Buffalo eight and three. They've earned my respect. I like Tua Tagovailoa, but I just can't call them good yet. The Jets are seven and four. Uh, we'll see if Mike White can continue to go. Um, Continue their improved play. I always look at the Jets that year. I would say to myself, everything about them is good except the quarterback, Zach Wilson. The defense is good. The running game is good. The coaching is good. If they had decent quarterback play, they would be dangerous. I think with Zach Wilson, they would um, – with Mike White, maybe they're good. But I know Mike White has shown flashes of great play, and then he'll go back to the crib being crap. So we'll see. New England six and five. They're probably the worst team in the AFC East right now. Mac Jones is eh. I mean, I can't rule out Bill Belichick. He, um, Belichick will always find a way to get his team to seven, eight, nine wins. You could argue that Brady made Belichick, but he's still a, but he's but he's still the best coach of football. Uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati are. I, I put them in the good category with Miami. Both are possible Super Bowl contenders, but very flawed. Cleveland's 4-7 and seven as Deshaun Watson's coming back. They have some nice pieces, and they'll even be they'll look even better with Watson. But the defense is really bad. Pittsburgh's 4-7, and seven, although I do like Pickett. It'll be interesting to see who comes out of the North next year. AFC South, Tennessee is 7-4. I mean, uh, there, there are. I put them in a tier three behind Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Miami. They again, it's not 1995 anymore. You can't win a Super Bowl with an elite quarter with an elite running back and um, a good defense. But I put them in the same category as the Jets, Colts, Jaguars, and Texans stink. AFC West I went through earlier. NFC East. 
there is no great team in the NFC. I mean, I think those teams are good, and I can't. I, I mean, I can't say these teams cannot b- beat Buffalo, Kansas City. This is the NFL. Anything can happen. But the Ste- the Eagles, who have the best record at ten and one, they remind me of the two thousand twenty B- Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that started eleven and zero, but that but showed weaknesses. And then, lo- then they lost um, four of the last five games, and then wound the first round. This Eagles team looks vulnerable. Same thing with the Minnesota Vikings. They're nine and two, but how far can you go with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? Dallas is eight and three. The Giant, I think that they are what they are. The Giants are seven and four. But I think they'll crash it back to earth a little bit. And then the surprise, the Commanders are 7-5. and five. The NFC East has every team with a winning record. Meanwhile, the NFC South only has one team with a winning record. No, the NFC South has no teams with a winning record. Tampa Bay is, is leading it with 5-6. and six. Tom Brady's having the worst year of his career. And yeah, he's still going to win the division and make the playoffs. Um, no one, besides Minnesota, no one in the North is good. NFC West, I think San Francisco has sold me as Super Bowl contender. Seattle, but Seattle, they're at 6-5, and five, and they're going to get a high draft pick from Denver. So look out for the Seattle Seahawks. Cardinals are four and eight. Rams are three and eight. Oh, how the money have fallen from Super Bowl champions to this. NHL, um, Boston continues to have a dominating season at 19 and three. Toronto's only three points back at 15, five and five. But I can't really put them in the same category as Boston. Toronto's having a good ish year, but it always ends with the First round knockout. Uh, Tampa Bay is regressing, but they, I mean they're not the same, as good as they were the last three years, but they're still good. Detroit's at eleven and six and five, twenty-seven points. They're okay. Florida's very disappointing. I still a cup contender, and they're ten, nine, and four. Now you have Montreal, Buffalo, and Ottawa. New Jersey having a great year under Lindy Ruff at nineteen and four. Islanders having a good year. Carolina twelve and six and five. They're good. I expected more from them, but Pittsburgh's starting to show life. Eleven eight and four. The Crosby era isn't quite over yet. Rangers are probably the most disappointing team in the league. Washington ten eleven three. Could be the end of um, Ovechkin. Philadelphia's falling apart after losing ten straight, and Columbus just stinks. Dallas leads at 13 and 6. Winnipeg 14 6 and 1. Colorado 12 7 and 1. I mean, no real surprises there. Minnesota's having a so so season. Then Nashville, St. Louis. Um, Arizona's really bad. So is Chicago. Vegas is 17 6 and 1. I've been calling Jack Eichel a locker room cancer, but now I'm starting to question that. Seattle's 14 5 and 3. It's really frustrating for Sabres fans to see the two expansion teams 
get good so quickly. Los Angeles, 12-9-4. It's also frustrating for Edmonton, 12-10. and And not the team worthy of putting Connor McDavid around. Calgary's also disappointing, 10-9-3. I expected those teams to be Stanley Cup contenders. I mean, it's still early, but... They are the two Alberta teams are so disappointing. Then you have Vancouver, San Jose, and Anaheim. NBA. <coughs> Boston having a great season in both football in both hockey and basketball at 18 and 4. No surprise there. No surprise with Milwaukee. Cleveland's finally starting to become good again. This is probably the best post LeBron James team they've ever had. 14 and 8. Mitchell lead the team with 28.9 points. This team is finally moving on from LeBron. And it's good for them. Indiana's a 12 and 8. Philadelphia 12 and 10. Atlanta 12 and 10. Okay. For the for the play around Toronto, Toronto, Brooklyn, Washington, New York. Um I do like this playoff round, this at play in round. I mean, it gives teams some hope and I really hope the NHL has something like that. Maybe it's because I'm a Sabres fan. We've gone 11 years out of playoffs. They have Miami, Charlotte, Orlando, and Detroit that all stink. Phoenix leads the West at 14-6. and six. Denver at 13-7. The top two contenders, they have New Orleans, Memphis, the Clippers, the K- and the Kings. Between the Kings... I really like the Kings. I really like their offense. And between the... And hey... Between the Kings and the Jets, the pressure's on the Sabres. Otherwise, they could have the longest playoff draw of the big four sports. Portland 11-10, Utah 12-11. Golden State is at 11-11. and What's crazy about Golden State is they're 9-1 at home and 2-10 and on the road. And they should be better than this. They have, I mean, it's still early. There's a lot of players underachieving. But... That's a surprise. Dallas 10 10, Minnesota's 10 11, Oklahoma City 9 13. The Lakers are at 7 12, and they're start, and they are, but they have looked a lot better. They are 5 5 the last 10 games. LeBron is back. LeBron still looks as good as ever. And if the Lakers don't turn it around, I want to see LeBron go to a better, get traded to a better team to try to win one more championship. Then finally, you have San Antonio and Houston. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Finally, on to the World Cup. Netherlands are, Netherlands advanced with... Netherlands and Senegal advanced in Group A. Netherlands is okay. I do expect them to beat Team USA, but not expect anything. England at two and... England and USA advanced... England has been so underwhelming. Yes, they beat, they crushed Wales, they crushed Iran, but English fans have to be frustrated with that draw with Team USA. I'm not expecting much. Argentina two and one. I mean, no surprise there. They have the best player, one of the best players in the world. Um, Poland one one and one. Mexico had a very disappointing opening round. They beat Saudi Arabia, but it's not enough to get them out of the group stage. 
that's probably the most disappointing result. I expected more from Mexico. I mean, yes, they were in a tough group between Argentina with Argentina and Poland. If they were put in any other group, I think they would have advanced, but very disappointing out. France, I, I predicted France to be the favorites this year. Um, I kind of backtracked off that, but they did win the group. And uh, Australia at number two. Um, it's good, good, it's been a lot, there's a lot of countries that have been breaking out. Um, and Germany um, at 0 and 1 and 1. The, the last two World Cups have been a disaster after winning the, in 2014. <coughs> Croatia, Marco Lido, Group F, um, and Portland and Ghana. This is a this is a record. This is the most African countries that advanced to the knockout stage of World Cup history. Looks like we're starting to see a little bit of pariety in the World Cup. In the entire history of the World Cup, we have never had a top four team. Um, uh, we we had never had a finals that featured a team outside of Europe and South America. And to the, the only two teams, correct me if I'm wrong, the only two teams reached the Final Four outside of Europe and South America is the inaugural 1930 Team USA and South Korea in 2014, in 2002. But let's talk about Argentina. Um... Argentina did um, lose an, a shocking upset to Saudi Arabia, so that, so but they did win their next two games, even though they have one of the best players in the world, Lionel Messi. Um, but Lionel Messi made a ton of lineup changes for what turned to be a dire and unimpressive performance against Mexico. But they did they did manage to win, but it looked a little unimpressive. Um, I'm actually not too certain about Argentina. Brazil is the most impressive team. They overwhelmed Serbia with 19 shots. They look like the most complete team. Um, Portugal with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, they have created shots worth 3.3 xG in the first two matches, but scored five goals when Ronaldo roofed on Fernandes' ball. But still created plenty of chances. I I think we're gonna. Um, I think it's gonna be Brazil versus Portugal in the finals. But what are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow, and I'll see you later. Oh, one more sport I almost forgot to talk about. College football. We saw Michigan beat Ohio State 45-23. Their first win in um, Columbus since 2000. I underestimated this Wolverines team. I thought Ohio State was better. I thought they were going to take it. But they have proven to me they, they are for real and easily worthy of the number two spot. I know some people say they should have been number one, but it's Georgia is the team to beat. They're the top dog. You got to be to be the team. You got to beat the team. They're the defending champs. They're the best overall team. You still got to prove it. Yes, you did prove it to me against Ohio State. So I'll give Michigan a chance. And I do like that team. I like But... Um, I think they'll. Anyhow, TCU's at number three, USC's at number four. This is the right call. USC didn't deserve to be in over Ohio State. I guess you could argue that Ohio State could make it. It should make it in. 
I mean, despite the loss, I think Ohio State's still a good team. We saw the committee bring in Alabama last year after after Alabama lost late. But I think this is the correct top four. <coughs> and I can't wait for the for the expansion. All five Power Five champions should be in. It should be simple. You win your conference championship, you're in. If you don't, you hope the committee puts you in. Plain and simple. I do predict we will see a Georgia versus Michigan final. And Michigan's may prove me wrong before, so maybe they'll make me eat crow again. But I think Georgia will win the national championship. Wait, thoughts here on Twitter at J Show, and I'll see you later.